Welcome, and before you hear me say toast, we will show you how to put the I in faith. Today we're going to help you exercise your faith and grow your personal testimony of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Stay tuned. Welcome to Walk With Him. I am Elder Blacker, and we're here welcoming everybody who's looking to improve their lives by improving their relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Mitchell Redman, and here we're going to be discussing a variety of topics and doctrine relating to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our mission is to help guide you towards making the best decisions from the example of Jesus Christ. Our lives will never be perfect, but our Savior is, so hopefully you'll join us as we walk with Him. And welcome. Yep, it's recording. Okay, cool. We're, we're not keeping that there. Fine. It was so funny. We should keep this. You're lucky, listeners, because I brush my teeth, so you won't have to smell my bad breath. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So now, when you're listening to the podcast, you can just think, "Man, those guys. That guy's teeth is minty fresh. It's just coming out of their." <laughs> Speakers, they can just, they're smelling mint right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm excited for this because this, first of all, is probably going to be the most structured episode out of the three that we have. It's and also second, a long time in the making. Yes. What, like almost two weeks? Yeah, we almost recorded it two weeks ago. <laughs> Which. And then I had so many different structure ideas. And then just today after we finished the temple, and you're like, I'm just like, okay, this is much simpler. So I have, I had like six other scripture and then three talks. And then after like a little study session in the temple, I have three chapters and that's the entire thing. Nice. So it's a lot simpler, which makes me feel better because I don't have to pull scriptures out of my list. That I don't even, I don't, I was looking at my list and I don't remember any of them. Anyway, this is, um, so this is going to be a five part kind of series talking about the doctrine of Christ or five part, like faith, repentance. I think we we're going to make it four. Yeah. Because we were going to combine the last two aspects. Okay. Yeah. So four part episode on the doctrine of Jesus Christ. So basically, Almost like this, the how-to for for becoming a Christian, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's the gospel that Jesus Christ came and he was like, hey, guess what? The law of Moses was great. Now I want you to do this. Yeah, and I mean, that's a perfect segue because this is, all of this goes back to Jesus Christ, obviously, because he was, and I have a really good chapter a really good verse in Alma 34 in the Book of Mormon. So Alma 34, chapter 14, and behold, this is the whole meaning of the law. So this is talking about the the law of Moses, right? So when Moses got the Ten Commandments, when he was talking to God, so that was the beginning of that period. Right. And then you go all the way to when Jesus Christ is born, he performed the atonement, he suffered in Gethsemane, and he was crucified. And so this chap this is basically saying and it goes on every wit pointing to that great and last sacrifice and that great and last sacrifice will be the son of God. 
yea, infinite and eternal. So it's kind of like that shift between the old law and what was what God decreed that they would start practicing and what the law of sacrifice meant in that time, all the way back to, hey, Jesus suffered all of this. He felt all of it in the garden. And so, I mean, that's a lot less pressure off of us in trying to be perfect. Yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Because with the law of Moses, there was an aspect of perfection that was required, huh? Yeah. It was, huh. Well, cause I that's, actually had never even considered that. Because that's why it. I felt like it branched off. I mean, it still kind of did after Jesus Christ, where it branched off to different religions, right? Mm-hmm. You had Moses, the Ten Commandments, but then you still had a lot of other different religions. I mean, they were still all Jews, but you had like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, where they have, <laughs> and even I was listening to a, the Come Follow Me, Follow Him podcast where it's like they listed off so many different rules that the Pharisees had. And I think they were talking specifically about when Jesus was healing. And I'm like, Jesus just, and they're like, Jesus just broke four rules that the Pharisees had, like moving things on the Sabbath, creating on the Sabbath, healing on the Sabbath. It was kind of funny how Jesus just kind of, I don't want to say, in spite, but kind of just like. He made a statement. Yeah, he made a point out of all that, which I thought point. was really funny. What? Sorry. <laughs> Did that you was just a, point? I went points. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. That's my bad. Uh, Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts? Have you ever thought about the faith that it would require to be during that time? Which like, time? Like in the Law of Moses? Or most of so time. when it when Jesus Christ came and was like, basically everything you know about like religion, guess what? Toss that aside. Well, don't toss it aside, but you get the idea of like we're changing all of it. Yeah, that would be so difficult, actually. To be I mean, like, why does this one man think he can do that? Like, yeah, I mean that's kind of what we. Maybe a little bit less for you just because everyone was familiar with the church in Utah. But at least in my mission, I was asking them to do something that basically in – because most of them were Catholic. And I was basically asking them to change a fundamental way of thinking. Like I know they believe in the Virgin Mary, but I don't know if they believe that she did something else. I have no idea. But basically a core aspect of their thinking and then changing it and then introducing all these other doctrinal points and they're just like, "Mm, that's not what my parents taught me. Yeah, and like to take that a step further, that's why like missions to Asia, Japan, Korea, like it's really hard is because like a lot of them aren't familiar with the concept of God, right? Yeah. And so... You have to teach them everything, everything, and just like, I don't know, just getting that point across of like, like you said, changing yeah. a core principle is really hard. I can't imagine how that would be in like Asia. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about Buddhism and 
whatever else they have there. That just shows you how much I know of what they have there. But I can't imagine how they have to change from even a different figure that they worship. Maybe we'll take an, a more ancient example. All the Egyptian gods, right? There's like 12. They're basically a lot that control every aspect of like Apollo with the sun, Hades, the underworld, all that. And so maybe you're changing as to an idea as drastic as that. And you're just like, hey, God, essentially the all-powerful creator, is also the father of your spirit. Some people I've talked to, that's even an, almost an uncomfortable thought for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's why you have to meet people where they're at. Right? Yeah. Like, Christ was actually really good at that because he knew that they were teaching the law of Moses. And in the Sermon on the Mount, he starts with all of it. Like, hey, this is what you say right now. And now I'm telling you some more information that brings you to the higher law. Yeah. And you have to accept that. Yeah. The only reason that it's like really difficult is because it's like a lot at once. Yeah. Well, because, and I don't know how many people you talked to that had that idea, but there's one lady specifically I talked to where she's like, no, s salvation is personal. If you choose to believe, then you can be saved, which is true. Yeah. But also I feel like that's slightly directing from the, I don't know, it was just a very confusing way how, how did she describe it to me? She was saying how there's no religion, there's no pastors, we don't need prophets to preach to us because all we need is Jesus. And if we just believe, then we're good. Have you ever had anyone that yeah. has said stuff like that? A lot of Lutherans believe that. Of uh, like the gospel of Jesus Christ being faith yeah, and faith and faith and faith, right? Yeah, which gets into the whole debate about faith and works and then like grace and how that contributes to it. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused. In, I think it was in the, the Romans edition of the Follow Him podcast where he said, I think it was the Adam guy where he's like, grace is not the backup plan. It is the plan. Mm -hmm. Because by Jesus Christ suffering, by him going through all that, essentially feeling everything that everyone will ever feel, ever, in case I didn't put enough evers in there. Um, <laughs> and then having that ability to try to then fail because we're all going to fail, but then to have the second chance to repent and then to try again and to keep exercising faith. Mm -hmm. That comes from Brad Wilcox's talk, His Grace is Sufficient. Oh, I think I read that one. That's a really it's good talk. It's phenomenal. We should do an episode about it. But that is actually a good idea. There's a lot of old talks that are really, really good. Yeah. And I, because... There would be a lot of new talks that would quote to those old ones. And then you start reading those old ones and you're like, dang, this is a lot. This is really powerful stuff.
It's fire. <laughs> Spitting bars. Spitting bars. Um, yeah. Any thoughts about that? I just kind of... About what in particular? Because we talked about earlier in our episode when we were just introducing ourselves, and we were talking about the conversion process, right? And we were talking about how there was a moment in time where people would start to believe. What would that kind of look like to you? Like, say you were talking to a convert, right? And would you kind of invite them to do something, and then they would do that, and that would start their faith, like start their conversion process? Or would it be like changing a certain thinking for them? I mean, to begin with, they have to feel the Spirit, right? They have to, like, without the Spirit, it all becomes pointless. Right. So once they feel the Spirit, then they have to make the decision of whether they're going to act on it or not. And so the faith comes into play once they act on it. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah, that makes sense. That reminds me of the 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 thing we listened to that about the conversion of a Catholic where he kept getting promptings from the Spirit. He kept getting them. And then he's like, mm, nope, this doesn't seem right. And just kind of back off, right? And then he would keep getting it. And eventually he sat in church. And then he got it. And he's like, mm, I don't know about that. There was a bat to leave, but didn't. And so... And I did... I well, it's because he had fear, right? Yeah. Like, his fears were all realized, but he had to have the faith that what God was telling him was going to be better than what his mind was telling him, right? And that's where, like, trusting God and his plan is a huge part of this because it's easy to trust God's plan when you think about it in hindsight and when you just say, yeah, God's future for me is going to be better than what I can come up with. It's a lot harder <laughs> once he's like, hey, I need you to become a lawyer. And you're like, I hate lawyering school. I don't know. Law school. Law. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, no, because that's, I mean, that's exactly what happened with both of us. He's like, I need you to go back home at this point. And we're just both like, no. I don't want to. Yeah. It's, um, I love the story of, I don't remember which apostle used it, but basically we're like building, we have a house, right? And at first what the Lord is doing makes sense, right? He's like putting in plumbing and electrics, oh, yeah, I remember that. but then he starts knocking down walls and like removing stuff. And you're like, what are you doing? And it's because while we thought he was building a cottage, He's building a mansion, and it's like, I don't know. Like, obviously, initially, we look at it, and it's like, no, the house is better with a wall here rather than without it. Yeah. But in the long run, it's it's better without it. And that's, it's so hard. It really is. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of sucks, not gonna lie. Yeah. Because I feel like, for me personally, like, every single time an, a wall gets knocked down, right, it's like, Ow. I need another reconfirmation that that was correct, right? Yeah. And then the next wall gets knocked down, and I'm still like, okay, well, the last wall worked out, right? 
I've, I don't think I've ever had it like that. At least not for major walls. I just always seem to need like prayer and to get that feeling of the spirit. Like, hey, don't worry. I'm still here. Yeah. I think it helped a lot during our missions because we were set apart to be preaching. But then by extension, we had a stronger companionship of the spirit. And so I think during all those situations where it was uncomfortable and we didn't want to, maybe there were certain promptings that we were afraid of, like, go talk to that guy. I didn't even know Spanish. Yeah. Like, in my most broken Spanish, I could maybe say, would you like to hear a scripture and then just read it? (laughs) But then I had to find the scripture in the book because I'm still not very good or fast at finding scriptures in Spanish. Anyway, that was a whole thing that just layers and layers of like, okay, I need to do this and this and this. And then, but then kind of less worrying and more listening to the spirit. And it's like, this will be fine. And so I've just kind of opened my mouth and not overthink it. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I guess this is a little bit of a side note, but when you're set apart as a missionary, there seems to be something that, like, allows you to do it, right? Have you noticed that? Do what? Like, uh, Like, you're able to share the gospel as a missionary. Yeah. Like, no problem. And then you come home, and all of a sudden, it's so much harder, and it doesn't make any sense why it's harder. It was really weird, because I would go into a lesson completely confident, not in myself, Because if I thought about myself and my aspect of Spanish, I would run away screaming. (laughs) But I was completely confident that I could listen, the Spirit would direct me, and that I could say and bring up the Scriptures in a way that they would need it. And then coming back, and I mean, you've had more kind of missionary experiences than me, but coming back and having that same level of confidence is really difficult. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard it's the same thing. Like, whenever you seem to get set apart, you just, the Lord seems to give you gifts. It's what I've realized. Like, I've heard from bishops and whatnot that, like... Yeah. I mean, I'm going... Oftentimes, they're, like, disappointed once they're released and, like, going about, and they're like, dang, I thought thought I'd changed in that way, but I guess it was just, like... No... When I got released, it was such a weird feeling because I felt something kind of go away. Not as in the spirit went away, but I, once I got released, I felt that, and I noticed that I had been so used to the spirit in such a high intensity. And then I got released and I was like, okay, I don't feel that good or as good as I did. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's really scary, actually, what you just said. (laughs) I mean, it was kind of scary for me. Like, it happened, I was like, and I just came back, and I just sat in my room and was like, huh, I didn't like that. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to be for it to be, like, scary, but, like. No, it's the reality. And that's, I mean, that's why so many missionaries have trouble adjusting as I found out the hard way. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, when I come back again, I feel like I'll be 
a lot. I don't feel like I have to go through all of this again because and this is kind of a side note. When I first got here, I think the main roadblock for me was trusting in that I was supposed to be here and that I didn't mess up or something that maybe I couldn't control that led me here, right? Like you were talking about the mansion. I thought I was supposed to stay there at that time. And the Lord's like, uh, no. So he picked me up and dropped me here. <laughs> so that's where I am now. On a podcast. With you. And I wouldn't have thought that five months ago. Yeah. How long have I been home? Almost four months, about. Dang. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Oh, there's still so many times going off. Anyway, there's still so many times where I'm just like, I'm not home. I this no, this isn't real. <laughs> uh Yeah. I don't want it to leave either. Being in tune with the spirit, well, don't get a high intensity. Don't because you're it, right. Like even as I'm home, I can tell. Like it is. It's just different. Well, I think I think part of that, and this kind of segues a little bit, is that obviously you felt the spirit in a high intensity because as missionaries, we needed to have it all the time, twenty four seven. Yeah. And so even doing dumb things and disobeying the rules for even a split second, the spirit just goes like that. And I mean, I don't know how many times you've experienced that during the mission, but like when I can kind of tell that, especially when I was in another household with another companionship and then they were kind of doing something that they weren't supposed to. And then I would kind of, that would kind of affect me a little bit. And so it would be hard to maybe concentrate like, we'd be on a phone call, and they're just, I don't know, doing something in the background that's not at all related to what they should be doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, not even against the rules, just kind of like, yeah, okay, fair enough. It's just kind of like, you have to be really a lot more careful as a missionary to not drive away the spirit. Interesting. Because you need it a lot more. Because, hmm. I mean... You can, if you're paying attention, you can notice like, like anybody can notice when the spirit leaves, if you go to like a party with alcohol or whatever, like you can feel uneasy, you can feel that the spirit's left. But then as a missionary, when something happens like that, and then you try to do something related to the work and you're trying to reach back for the spirit as a guide and you're like, oh wait, crap. It's not there because X happened. I'm not sure I felt it so like dramatically. Well, that was a that was a big example. I'm talking about. But I know what you're talking about. Where like when I was most obedient is when I felt the spirit the most, right? And yeah. When I was. Although I can't think of a, any specific time where it was like, huh, well, I just did something done and dumb and the spirit just kind of left. Yeah. Well, my whole point was this with this was that I think we feel it in such a high intensity because we're doing things in harmony with the spirit all the time. 
And so I think if we just like kind of continue that momentum, like spiritual momentum, that we won't feel as drastic of a change as like, oh, something left and I'm just going to sit in my house and do nothing for ever, which is what happened when I got here. And then I showed up. Yeah. And you were like, huh? when? <laughs> oh my gosh. I was, that day I was like just sitting up here doing nothing. Like the whole day? Kinda, yeah. I'm just like, dang. I don't know what to do. And Mark was like, oh, Deccan's here. I was like, what? And I walked <laughs> downstairs and I opened the door and was like, <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for listening to our episode. If you like what you hear and you want to get weekly updates with exclusive content and an inside look on missionary work, join our email list on our website. You can go to lumietmediate.com. That's L-U-M-I-E-T media.com. Just scroll down to the bottom and you'll see a little form where you can put in your name, put in your email. It's free. We don't need anything else from you. We're going to be giving you concise and actionable advice, takeaways from our episodes and lessons and experiences directly from the mission field. And so if that sounds interesting to you, just go to lumietmedia, L-U-M-I-E-T media.com. And we hope to help you a little bit more every week. Bye. Anyway, um, I want to say one more thing. Like one thing that I quite enjoy, or that's given me hope, right? Is something that Kevin Hinckley told me. He said, "Like you want to be a missionary so badly that there's no way, like, because it says God will make everything right in the end, right?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "So you're gonna have that opportunity," and that gives me comfort, actually. I mean, you have. But in a teaching aspect. Oh, okay. I see. Because a service mission and a proselyting mission are two different experiences. Right. And apparently I need both. But, like, I'm not saying one's superior to the other. Well, they're different focuses. Right. That's why they have two different purposes. Not really... They're kind of the same purpose, just in different emphasis. Yeah. Isn't the, you have a different purpose as a I wouldn't missionary. be super surprised if they come out with just a singular yeah. missionary purpose soon, especially with the integrated mission stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to we kind of talked about following the promptings and building the faith through those actions. And I mean, you have more of those notes. So is there anything that you read that you enjoyed or that kind of made more sense in the faith with works? I don't even know how much I like that. The faith with works well, kind of like saying simply because I feel like that is kind of redundant. Like, my mission president said that faith is um, trusting God's plan with righteous action, right? So, and I think that's a fantastic explanation of faith. 
because in order to do what is needed, right, we have to trust God. Yeah. And his plan. So that's step one. We have trust in God's plan. And then two, we have righteous action. Right. So you're right. saying faith with works, it's almost not necessary to say it like that. Like that is faith. Yeah. Okay. Because I think Cause faith what people have is trust. Action, right. They have trust in God and his plan. Yeah. You have faith once you've put in a little bit of action. Yeah. Um, there's a verse in Ether chapter 12, verse 6, and it says, And now I, Moroni, would speak somewhat concerning these things. I would show unto the world that faith is things which are hoped for and not seen. Wherefore, dispute not because ye see not. And this is the part I like the best. For you receive no witness until after the trial of your faith. Oh, yeah. And that just shows that it's not as easy as, yeah, I believe. Yeah. You know, Christ was probably a real person, and since he was probably a real person, he probably atoned for my sins. Even without the probably, <laughs> even if you were just to put that in like a very like firm belief. Yeah. Which you're not of- gonna know that any like you're not gonna know that what you're doing is right until you've done it. Yeah. Which a lot of people with religious backgrounds already kind of, at least with Christian backgrounds, already have that faith in Christ. But I feel like the issue with at least some of them is that they don't know how exactly to act on that faith. Yeah. Because there's the people who are like, I have faith, and then I believe, and then I'm good, right? There's that kind of mindset. That's Mm -hmm. the only one I can think of off the top of my head. But then there's no kind of step-by-step, not step-by-step, that's the wrong way to say it, but there's no guidance for them on where they go with this faith. And Other than like, hey, Christ was a pretty good person. You yeah. should probably. But the thing that's difficult about that is that we all have our in- own individual paths, right? Right. And so that's where like having faith in that, receiving the witness is so important. And that's why you have to put forth action in your faith. Um, there's a talk by David A. Bednar where he talks about receiving inspiration, right? Where it's like, and he says there's, like sometimes you can get it where it's more of a light switch mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, suddenly I can see what I need to, right? Yeah. And he says that at least for him and for me, and I think most people, most of the time they get it more like a foggy day where it's like you can see a couple of steps in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not until you've taken those steps that you can see the next few steps to take. Yeah. And this applied to me a lot when I was graduating high school. Because, I mean, I go with the flow. I don't really think too far ahead into the future, you know? Um, And so halfway through my senior year, I didn't know what I was going to do still. And then it was kind of just dawning on me, like, ah, I got to make a decision, right? (laughs) (laughs) Every high schooler, when they graduate, they're like, oh, crap. Now I have to make responsible decisions and figure out what I want to do with my life. Which is a very tall order to ask. 
on just turning 18 teenagers, you know? But anyway. I don't think... You go to college, which is the responsible choice, and then you don't make very many responsible choices there. Well, yeah, college is so you can get all your dumbness and stupidity out. And <laughs> after college, then that's when you become a responsible adult. Obviously. Ah, okay. Congratulations, you graduated to adulthood. <laughs> that's um, basically what college is. So I didn't know what to do. I wanted to go on a mission. I wasn't sure if I'd be ready. And I didn't... Which I wasn't feels ready, really. Right. But like I know now that I left when I needed to, right? And mm-hmm. I don't... I don't want to say per se that it would have been wrong for me to leave at that time because it's still a good decision, but the best time for me to leave was when I left. I guess I just spoiled it, but <laughs> I didn't end up going straight on a mission. So I felt like I had three options where it was like, you can go on a mission right away, you can go to college, right, um, up in Idaho, or you could do online college at home and then leave on a mission. Because mm. e- any of the directions I went, I was going to go on Those a mission after one or two yeah. semesters. Right? Anyway, Auditos. you were still going to go. Right. Which the that- question was just when and whether I would go to the college or stay at home. Yeah. That was and kind of the same decision I was looking at. I wasn't planning on going, though, because I felt like that would be too much to leave, then come back, then leave on a mission, you know? But that was just my, personally, what I thought. Um, but, see, this this choice bugged me because, like, previously it was like any choice that I would have to make it was like, ah, there's a clear right and wrong answer. And I wouldn't always take the right answer because sometimes the wrong answer seemed fun or whatnot, right? But up until this point, I always knew for big decisions which one was right and which one was wrong. Mm-hmm. This was a big decision for me. That you didn't know? That there wasn't any clear, like, this one's the one you need to take, right? Right. Because obviously you don't want to take the other one. Right. Because like with those big decisions, and I mean, I do this all the time, I overthink really kind of everything, not going to lie. And then when there's a bigger decision, I'm like, okay, well, there's this way I could go, but then this one might be better and might be the right one. Like between the spirit and my own overthinking, over-calculating each situation, it was really hard for me and bugged me. I mean, I know what you're talking about. That It really bugged me that I kind of didn't have a obvious choice and then I was afraid I would choose the wrong thing and then mess up whatever plan that... Right. But and that's, then, that's yeah. what bugged me so much is I, I wanted to follow God's plan because I knew that that I had trust that it would lead me to my best life right Right. but it just wasn't clear which one it was right and so what I ended up having to do is I kind of like on this foggy day I just kind of had to put my head down and do the simple things that Mm -hmm. were my steps I didn't have any like major steps per se I kind of just was reading my scriptures. I prayed about it. And then I also just talked to like people about it. And not like 
extensively either, just naturally, right? Yeah. Like, I would talk to my parents or my leaders or, like, whoever it was that I would talk to about it, right? Right. And as I put my head down and just did those simple things, took those simple steps that I could see, all of a sudden I picked up my head and I was like, oh, I'm on a, I'm on a path. And it feels like the right decision, right? Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, yeah, most definitely that was the right decision. <laughs> like, it's crazy. But hindsight is twenty twenty, or so, twenty eighteen, or whenever that point. So, in time was. are you saying that if I would just look backwards, I wouldn't need to wear glasses? <laughs> <laughs> I just barely got that. Uh, no, I'm not. Ah, because I told you to look backwards, look at the lightning, and you still didn't see it. So it didn't work. Well, the lighting wasn't there at the time. And also, I don't think it was the fact that I had glasses that prevented me from seeing it. Who knows? Maybe my glasses had a crack in a lightning bolt shape that covered it all up. I was like, the boy who lived. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, do you, I don't know, you had any experiences like that where you just kind of I mean, took a few steps? And I guess I used a really big example, but... I feel like there's also smaller examples than the one I used, right? Yeah. There's, and I had this exact same question during my mission time. I was like, okay, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to follow the wrong prompting because, like, you're in the streets. You're trying to find people who are willing to listen. And I was, as a new greenie missionary, I'm just like, I do not want to maybe not follow something or follow the wrong prompting or go somewhere like, I was really concerned that I was somehow messing up the promptings that I was receiving, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to my mission president about that. I think I had the interviews with him like a week after that. And the long and short of it, he was just basically like, don't worry about it. Don't stress about the details. Like, the whole mindset that I was trying to break out of was like, there is one path that God has for me. And if I go this way or this way, I will get off the path and go into not a good path. Right. But then the mindset that he helped me show was that like, you cannot mess up God's plan at all. It's just not even possible. It's like, God is the chess master and you're just the pawn going forward in one direction where he's just thinking in a bunch of other directions. You know, one thing that occurred to me I don't even know chess that I've shared a few word, times, but, but like you realize Satan tries so hard every single day to mess up God's plans. Yes. And he does not succeed. Right. And me who's trying to follow God's plan and do what's right. There ain't no way that, <laughs> there ain't no way <laughs> that no I'm way. going to mess it up worse than Satan. Like, that's just, as, is, it's inconceivable. And so, inconceivable. Inconceivable. <laughs> um, you just have like a soundboard. We just have like, our, our soundboard would be like, anyway, it would be way <laughs> too big. <laughs> that's true, because then we keep thinking of dumb noise. Anyway, I don't know. That gave me more confidence of like, ah. You know, I feel good about something. I I should be able to, like, I can do that. Right. Because after he told me about that, I was like, huh, okay. 
So all I have to do is try my best. Right. And then let God take care of the rest, which, I mean, I knew that in a certain aspect. I think we all did as like little children or we kind of taught that in primary. But until you're there in the mission field trying to follow a prompting in a foreign land where you know nobody and you don't know if anyone's going to care about what you have to say, that's when you really start to see the small and even big miracles. Because I thought any miracle was huge in my eyes. Yeah. Because I would see them so often. The small miracles are sometimes, like, I don't know, they're really cool. Like, I feel like they're undervalued. But, um, well, yeah, because the big ones make so much better of a testimony. They don't, to, though. I know, but it's just, just like, I don't know. I don't think testimonies are built off of big miracles. Right. They're oh. built off of small ones. Right. That was a bad example, but I'm just saying, because there's some people who are like, oh, I haven't had this huge spiritual experience. Right. And then completely overlooking everything else that's happening in their lives to get to where they are at that point. So I think right. that's that's the only issue that I had that I have with kind of looking at those quote unquote big miracles and being like, I don't see miracles, but like you do, you just have to look for them. Yeah. Um, I feel like to kind of what you were talking about, where it's like you were so paranoid that you were going to mess up God's plan. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the whole concept of faith is that, you just do your best, right? You do the action that you know that you can do and that you feel like you need to do. And then God will make whatever corrections are needed. And so it's just as you do that that you'll be able to see miracles. Yeah. I mean, all the every single chapter that I was looking at mentioned prayer. And I think that's for a lot of people who are maybe looking for that first step on how to exercise that faith. I think prayer is a really good, I mean, it's a literal direct way of asking God of direction in their lives, basically. And so kind of just to wrap up, I want to read a scripture in 2 Nephi 32, which is a really good, I think, almost simplified version of the gospel, because I really like this chapter. Oh, yeah. Second Nephi 32, he basically sums up the gospel of Jesus Christ in, is it nine verses? Yep, nine yeah. verses, and it's just all there. And it, there's so much doctrine in there. It's Anyway, it's a really good chapter. Yeah, so verse, Second Nephi 32, verse 9. But behold, I say unto you that ye must pray always and not faint, that ye may not perform anything unto the Lord, save it in the first place ye shall pray unto the Father in the name of Christ, that he will consecrate thy performance unto thee, that thy performance may be for the welfare of that soul. So, of you know, thy soul. Quick comment. Um, like, you know, I heard like prayer and then you're consecrating it to God, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody told me one time, like, you know, like our morning and night prayers, you're really just consecrating the day to God. 
And it's like, huh, I'd never thought of that. Yeah, I mean, you're basically giving him an overview of what happened, what you did to contribute towards his plan or as a missionary, what you did to contribute to the work. But um, you're right. If you just, like, if you pray and consecrate what you're doing your day to God, right? Like, over time, that's going to make a, like, he's going to put you on the right path. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. So I think for anyone listening who maybe is unsure of where they want to go as far as how to exercise their faith or what even their faith means, I think, as an Alma 32 said, even just a desire to have that faith, just kind of keep that, let that grow inside you. And don't be discouraged by where you're at. Yeah, I think that's the big issue. That I mean, I've seen a lot of people be like, well, I don't know all this doctrine I don't know anything about any scriptures. In fact, there's one guy where I had to teach him like the concept of the Trinity because he was just, he didn't under, he wasn't a big like religious person. And so we were essentially just showing him and explaining, like he was hearing these for the, this idea and concept for the first time. All right. Last thing I just wanted to end off with is a scripture Alma 34, I think we already read in this earlier. It's uh, Alma 34, chapter... What chapter? The 34th one. I said that earlier. Ah, 34th chapter. In verse 17, and it says, Therefore, may God grant unto you, my brethren, that you begin to exercise your faith unto repentance, that you begin to call upon his holy name, and that he would have mercy upon you. So... What I really liked about like this entire arc of the chapters that we read today is that first of all, it's the it's even two chapters before that, right? Alma 32, where it's the entire thing about repentance. And then he I'm not sure what Alma 33 is. I haven't looked at that. But then it's like in Alma 34, where he's like, Okay, so you have this faith to make changes in your life, and then eventually these changes will you'll have to change certain habits whether to start some or to end some. because And that's something I think my mission president said to me is that repentance is just, no, I think it was President Nelson who said that. Repentance is change? Yeah. That's what my pres- mission president said too. All the time. Like literally any time repentance was mentioned in a scripture, like during his own conference or whatever, he'd be like, and repentance is? And we'd be like, change. change. But... We'll go over repentance more in the next episode. Um, But, I mean, the whole idea is that the faith leads to repentance, right? Because it's it's all nice and dandy to be having the faith that walking through the foggy day will bring you somewhere better. But that doesn't really do anything until you've taken the steps, right? Yeah. And it's not like we need to take leaps and bounds all at once, right? Just take the steps that we can see. Right? Yeah. The small stuff. Sometimes it's a little bit of a bigger step, but even I really liked the scripture you shared from Alma. Because even if you just can take a half step or inch closer because you're nervous or whatever, yeah. It's it's just important to make those first Yeah. Steps or what's the word I'm looking for? 
like the act of progress that you can make. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I really like that. So just to kind of sum up everything we've said and just to give you guys some actionable advice because that's the point. We want to take all this scriptural knowledge, I guess you could call it, and help you guys see how you can apply this specifically to really whatever point you are and whatever path you may be on. So, and it all starts with Christ. Is I mean, that's how we began this episode. It all starts with having the faith, if nothing else, that Christ can improve your life. I think that's something that everyone can agree no matter what your belief is. Because, I mean, there's a lot of apostles that people believe their their teachings, right? Their doctrine. And, I mean, Jesus Christ is obviously the most important apostle, if you will. And so I think, if nothing else, just have the faith that Christ can improve your life in whatever small way. Adi toast. Thank you for listening to us. This is Walk With Him, a podcast about Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to know more about Jesus Christ, we have a website, which is Lumiet Media, L-U-M-I-E-T, media.com. On there, you'll find stuff about us, stuff about our Savior, Jesus Christ. You'll find our socials where you can follow us and support the podcast. You can also sign up for our email list where we give you just some advice, takeaways from our episodes and experiences that we've had from the mission field. You can join that email list on our website, follow our socials, and if you could rate us, that would really help other people discover the podcast and just start their own journey towards our Savior, Jesus Christ. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Adios.